Hello and welcome to A Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for Super Smash Bros. and other video games. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And hey everybody, I hope you had a good E3. Yeah. It's over now. It's been over for a hot minute. It has. And yet the shockwaves created by the incredible announcements still reverberate through the air of our apartment. Not really. Yeah. I'm over it. (laughs) (laughs) But after we recorded, there was some stuff. So this is going to be our post-E3. Bonanza. (laughs) Uh, Our post-E3 news roundup. Uh Uh-huh. Before we get into that, let's do some corrections. Let's do them. Because we have some. Yeah. First is that Watson, the new Apex Legends character, is an electrical engineer, not a scientist. I see. She wears a lab coat sometimes. Okay. But uh, that's why I got confused. (laughs) (laughs) You can't blame me for that. Uh, I I guess there's a sense in which, you know, when considered broadly under the umbrella of science, you could squeeze electrical engineer under there, but mm. it is too broad a term for what she is. Yes, agreed. Plus, more corrections. Okay. Electronic Arts did do a sports stream during E3. That makes sense for they, them. Yeah, they talked about their sports games. Okay. Uh, last episode, Sean, you said that Kenny Omega is a Japanese wrestler. Uh-huh. Uh, Kenny Omega was a Japanese wrestler, but as of our recording, he is no longer (laughs) part of the Japanese wrestling circuit. I see. He was one from 2010 to 2019. Okay. Uh, He started doing wrestling matches in Japan Mm -hmm. as early as 2008. He signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling from 2010 to 2019. They're the big boys. Yes. Uh, Then he left after losing the heavyweight championship to Hiroshi Tanahashi. At Wrestle Kingdom 13, January 4th, 2019. Damn you, Hiroshi. And uh, that match was actually the one that he made the Undertale promo for. That I mentioned. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, a promo that did not actually air before the match. <laughs> they had to like release it on YouTube like afterwards. I see. Uh, I forget whether it was like a legal reason or right. like they, the promo was handed to them too late or something. Okay. But, yeah. Afterwards... Uh, Kenny Omega co-founded All Elite Wrestling, which is a new wrestling association based in America. Okay. He's both an executive vice president and in-ring talent. Also, uh, you called the stable he was in in Japan the Bullet Hell Club. (laughs) It's just the Bullet Club. Didn't I say Bullet Hell Club or something? You said Bullet Hell Club or something. Okay. Yeah, or whatever. Right, right. I see. Was your exact wording, but... Or whatever was also not the name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, the yeah the broad stuff largely right. Those mm-hmm. are the those are just the specifics. Sure, sure. Yes. Now we just now we know in Kenny Omega's entire wrestling history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't though. His Wikipedia article so long. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we mentioned Trials of Mana very briefly last episode the the remake of of the third mana game the third second densetsu game mm-hmm. but i cut you off and said we would talk about it later in the episode and then we completely forgot to do that that's what you get for cutting <laughs> me off sticking to the outline that's, that's what you get for like preempting. a son of a bitch <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, the long and short of Trials of Mana is it doesn't have multiplayer, and that sucks. Yeah, like, it looks really good. Yeah, right? it does, I have yeah, to say. It, it looks great. Like, I'm, I definitely am still going to pick it up, but, yeah. like, I'm going to pick it up, like, in two years when it's on sale for PC or something. Right. You know, I'm not, it's not a must-buy like it was when I thought it was going to have multiplayer. Yeah, like, it. that's so strange, too, because I feel like one of the hooks of of the mana franchise is the multiplayer. That's that is my impression as well aside from like I don't know the Game Boy ones or whatever. Do they have like link cable multiplayer? I think sort of a mana had some kind of link cable multiplayer but okay. it wasn't like full-fledged co-op. Right, I see. Yeah, a cursory glance at Final Fantasy Adventures Wikipedia article mm-hmm. does not seem to imply that it had multiplayer. Okay. But all the same, you know, the reason that I enjoy Secret of Mana yeah, uh, the you know, or the the mana franchise, I should say. Yeah, is because I enjoy playing it with other people co- uh, cooperatively at yes. the same time. Yeah, and uh, can't do that with trials. Like that was one thing I really liked about Legend of Mana, right? Mm-hmm. Like throughout Legend of Mana, you had your player character, but you'd also like be able to recruit NPCs, right? And like fight alongside them on various missions, and each NPC had their own personality and their mm-hmm. own like their own specific quests that they accompanied you on. Sure, and if you plugged in the second player controller uh the second player could play as any of those npcs right and they all had like unique move sets you know so that was really cool that is cool not gonna be cool this time <laughs> yeah it i'm i'm still intrigued by it but yeah that finding that out was a bummer yeah and uh and maybe it's fortuitous that we didn't end up talking about it uh, last episode <laughs> because we did not know that at right, the time. Right, yeah, then we'd be like, oh man, it's gonna be so cool with the multiplayer. Yeah. Ooh, I wonder if it'll be local or on the internet. <laughs> and then now it's like, <laughs> it it's, is not not, it's not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last correction, I, uh, <laughs> I, I said that the hero, the Dragon Quest hero that mm-hmm. is now playable, or, you know, that will be playable as a Super Smash Bros. DLC character had four skins had like four different dragon quest heroes were represented sure in the hero those being the dragon quest 11 hero dragon quest 8 hero the dragon quest 3 hero and erdrick mm-hmm. uh from dragon quest 1 erdrick is the dragon quest 3 hero ah okay yeah and uh and not necessarily the dragon quest 1 hero I um see. The character I thought was the Dragon Quest three hero, the character with kind of the greenish hair, mm-hmm. is uh, is the Dragon Quest four hero. Okay, uh, who's known in the community as Solo. I don't think that's his canon name, but that's hmm. what that's what Dragon Quest four fans call him. Uh, the Seta Soji of the Dragon Quest universe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the uh, the heroes represented as playable for the Dragon Quest hero are. Dragon Quest Three, Dragon Quest Four, Dragon Quest Eight, and Dragon Quest Eleven. Okay, and then pretty much all the other protagonists, wow, uh, are part of the final smash. Right, right, right. Yeah, gotta love those group final smashes where lots I, of guys come together. I I do love them. <laughs> smash them. I'm getting a little sick of them at this point. I well, I mean, how many of those are there besides Mega Man? I don't know, but it feels like a lot. Um, like uh, Shulk does that, right? Well, Shulk does that with uh, 
with Dunban. Right, but that's Fiorio. that that kind of final smash I, is what I mean, and I not, see where, not where exclusively they, where, like different versions of people. Okay, I see where they just bring in their friends for a cinematic. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like then on the other hand, you have cool shit like Captain Falcon just throwing you onto the racetrack and running you over. Like right. that's the area. Like, Ridley, you know, has a great one too. Yeah, Ridley also has a great one. Like I don't mind cinematic final smashes, but specifically cinematic final smashes is where the party the friends, whatever, all get together and wail on you. Like, I'm just getting sick of them a little bit. That's a weird thing to be annoyed by. <laughs> but also, like, I, I I, guess there are, like, a decent amount of them. Like, uh, like there's the Yoshi one. Mm-hmm. But also, also, I don't know, I, I feel like there's almost a comparable number of Final Smashes that feature vehicles, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, there's Captain Falcon in his car, Ridley blowing up Samus's ship, uh... Um, that's that's not unfair i do think that at least when you do kind of like vehicle smashes it feels to me as though there's kind of more choreographic variability if you will Mm. you know like the vehicles tend to do something really interesting and then with the kind of group smashes it's either like we're all charging up a single attack or like he's wailing on you now he's wailing on you now he's wailing on you you know what i mean Mm. um and uh i mean it's like like you know i mean i'm not like I'm not, like, groaning and rolling my eyes and, you know, my bones are coming out of my body whenever I see a Final Smash like that. Right. They're just, just my least favorite kind of Final Smash at this point. It, it just no longer excites you to see yes. something like that. Whereas yeah. when you initially saw Mega Man do that, it was like, whoa. Exactly. Yeah. I, I guess, yeah. That's fair. I still think they're cool, but I, I see where you're coming from. Okay. So, corrections out of the way. Let's talk some posty three news <laughs> just somehow when you said post e3 mm-hmm. my brain initially like thought of it as like posty three like <laughs> p-o-s-t-y three and i knew exactly what you meant but at the same time i was like oh posty three like <laughs> the, the, the name of like a i don't know a cute number <laughs> you know posty three that's the uh the latest game in the posty franchise right that got announced uh, after E3, and since that was revealed after E3, mm-hmm. it's the post E3, post E3 <laughs> episode, right? And incidentally, post E is like uh, it's like postal, but it's G rated <laughs> somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're like going around just like throwing mail at people, <laughs> right? You're yeah, actually exactly. just like a cute like little anthropomorphic mailbox, right? And everyone like you know uh, you like throw the mail at them, and instead of you know them dying or whatever, they just go thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'd prefer to play that over postal, actually. Yeah, no, <laughs> me too. That sounds that sounds more fun. Yeah. Uh, so first bit of news, uh, I feel like when we did our last episode. Mm-hmm. We kind of just had a broad assumption, and actually you outright stated this, that Banjo was universally a more hype reveal than the Dragon Quest hero. Okay. That, uh, that Banjo was getting much more buzz overall, mm-hmm. and uh, you know was a much more popular character. Turns out that Japan <laughs> is more excited about the Dragon Quest hero than the rest of the world is about Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, I really uh, really underestimated Japan's capacity to care about really boring shit, I guess. <laughs> Don't be fucking rude. <laughs> uh, like, 
here's here's some stats first. Uh, the the hero, the hero's Japanese character trailer has the most character trailer views for any Smash Bros. character reveal. Right. Uh, in any language, including the English language character reveal for Banjo, including the one for Ridley, including the one for Joker. The Japanese hero trailer has 3.5 million views as of today. Okay. Uh, the Japanese Banjo trailer has 1.5 million the U.S. Banjo trailer weirdly has 767,000, mm-hmm. but there's, uh, like, the GameSpot and IGN, like, re-hosts of that trailer have 1.6 million and 1.7 million, respectively. I always get really annoyed, like, how quick on the draw third-party channels are for yeah. hosting stuff like that. Yeah. Like, a lot of the time, like, you know, for instance, when I was really following Mortal Kombat 11 news leading up to the release of that game, yeah, you'd find out that there was a new trailer, and, like, NetherRealm would put the trailer up on their Twitter account, but not their YouTube account. Uh-huh. I would want to watch it on YouTube, but I would want to watch it on NetherRealm's YouTube. Uh-huh. But then, inevitably, I wind up on, like, MK Ice and Fire instead, you know, <laughs> and it's just, like, a recording of the stream and you can see the mouse and uh-huh. but then that's how i'm experiencing the trailer i guess that's probably the case for a lot of those views you know yeah it's like well GameSpot's got it like i'm typing in banjo smash and there it is this is the first trailer i'm gonna click on it yeah and uh i still think this is a fair metric to view all this by because mm-hmm. because you know japan also does the whole like rehosting thing so yeah. like so uh so views are still spread out so the fact that the official video for the hero still has so many views, even compared to the most viewed American rehosts. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, be- beating beating these by like two million views. You mm-hmm. know. Um, oh, also the U.S. version of the Joker debut trailer, uh, the reveal trailer rather, was mm-hmm. one point six million. Okay. Um, you know, ev- even though. It didn't excite you or me as much as some other reveals. I think, uh, I think it was a very smart decision on Nintendo's part. I think they're gonna sell a lot of Japanese copies of Smash Bros. Ultimate. And this is the problem with capitalist societies, you know, <laughs> like, like. Toast could be really popular over in Japan, and then they could add toasts on to Smash. That wouldn't be a good decision, but it would be a profitable decision because people love toast over there in this imaginary universe. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> here's here's also the thing. After I found out that stat, I stumbled upon some videos of Japanese reactions mm-hmm. of like Japanese people streaming themselves watching the E3, you know, watching the E3 direct. And someone just did like a compilation of of Japanese people like reacting to the hero reveal. Mm-hmm. And God, there there are such emotional responses to seeing the hero <laughs> as a Smash character. Like there are people like crying, like yeah, I was crying too, but not for the same reason. <laughs> Will you stop that? <laughs> stop dunking on people's passion. Like <laughs> I'm I'm kidding to be clear. I just want to make that clear. It's what? completely fine that people are really enjoying that the heroes in Smash. It's just not a character that I'm interested in. But that's fine. <laughs> there are lots of characters in Smash that I'm not interested in. Yeah, but but instead of being vocally happy for these people, you can't not just brag about how unimpressed you are. <laughs> I'm being funny. Dude. No, clearly you don't think I am. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> 
You're a fucking riot, my Thanks. dude. I'm, I'm glad you agree. <laughs> nah, I, I'm, I'm not saying you're not funny, Sean. You're a very funny person. Thank uh, you. But I, I was kind of moved personally by like, by how excited, uh, this fan base got mm-hmm. at at the reveal of uh, of the hero. <laughs> Actually, a lot of these people just fucking like flipped out with like un imaginable joy at that hero cinematic where they all grouped <laughs> up uh-huh. and joined in for an attack together. It's just funny to me as like, you know, like obviously we uh were more invested in the Smash rumor mill than most casual players of Smash mm-hmm. by an extraordinary degree. Right? Right. And so for me, it's like we've known for months, like, Eric's going to be in Smash, you know, or the hero or whatever. Like, yeah. it's almost certainly a sure thing, blah, blah, blah. Like, it did not come as a surprise to me at all. Like, yeah. clearly, these people, some of these people in this reaction video were like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that's, and that's fine, but, you know. I mean, like, that was the leak that you and I were most convinced by, mm-hmm. but there were over the course of the past few months a lot of contradicting quote unquote leaks. Sure, like the Google leak did not have Airdrake on it. There were mm-hmm. some other leaks that didn't. So I feel like you know, ev- even people closely following all the Smash leaks and stuff, I feel like there were a lot that were convinced that Airdrake wasn't in, especially because uh, Game Explain uh, did a video kind of recently. That was like, oh, the that Airdrick leak has been deconfirmed because of this small detail. Right. Because uh because Jack Frost doesn't show up on the persona stage, that entire leak is now invalidated. <laughs> right? And a lot of people were convinced by that and stating that as fact. So mm-hmm. uh so so I get the general vibe at the time of release that Airdrick maybe didn't seem like such a sure thing anymore. Okay. And and that must have been especially like exciting for Japan because we had first heard that maybe Erdrick's in the game, then heard maybe Erdrick's not in the game, and then it turns out that Erdrick is in the game. <laughs> it's like they're like their their hopes went up, then they went down, and then oh look, there he is, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that must have been nice. That must have been nice. <laughs> well, good for them. Yeah. And and like as a as a fun side note, you know, like you know, there there were a lot of people in America mm-hmm. that were like, Who the fuck is this? Right. When the hero came out. There are a lot of similar reactions from Japan at the Banjo trailer. <laughs> uh, although it is worth noting that there, I've also seen some videos of some Japanese fans, uh, like in Japan, get real pumped about Banjo. That's good. Yeah. So like, you know, if like if Japan can be happy for us that we got Banjo, I feel like we can be happy for them. You know, I'm I'm glad that people who are excited about the hero coming to Dragon Quest you know, get to be happy about this and get to celebrate and get to play the character. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that I necessarily like that the hero is coming to Dragon Quest sure. any more than I did. And what's funny about this is that I was a little bit more bullish than you about Erdrick before this reveal happened. You were, yeah. You know, like I was the one saying like, oh, I'm sure they'll make him cool, blah, blah, blah. They could do this, they could do that. But I don't know, like now that, now that he's out and it seems like they're not really doing that as much as I'd hoped... Like, to me, it just feels like a waste of a slot. Hmm. And, you know, it's fine that other people like him and uh, and that they're going to get to play him, but, you know, I don't know. Like, I've rewatched the trailer a couple times at this point, mm. and that's actually made me, like, every time I rewatch it, I notice a couple more details 
that make me more excited okay. for the hero's inclusion. Like it'll be really interesting to see how the magic system yes, is that's is true. implemented. Like the little magic menu. Mm-hmm. Like the trailer goes through a montage of spells really quick. Right. But there's like eight spells. Yeah. Like Zoom is really funny where like he just casts a spell and he just like vroom, <laughs> like he just yeets himself up into the air. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I I got a feeling the Dragon Quest Hero is going to feel a lot different than your standard Sword Fighter Smash character. So I am I am actually more pumped about him than I was. Okay. Yes. Why couldn't it have been Yangus? <laughs> Maybe there's a Yangus spirit. Oh man, I hope so. Actually, here's a prediction we can make. Okay. Uh, Hero's coming out in summer 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, when do you think we're getting him? Uh, let's see. I'm so I'm defining summer as like from now to early to mid September. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, so I'm gonna say, uh, do I have to pick a day. Uh, you you can give you can give me a range. You can okay. Give me a window. Um, I'll say between the 15th and the 31st of August. Okay. Including both of those days. Okay. I think we will get a Joker style patch video. Okay. Somewhere in mid to late July. Okay. The latest I think we'll get the hero is within a week of Evo. Okay. Like, I could see Evo having, like, a release date trailer. Okay. And that'll be within a week. Cool. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And possibly even, like, an Evo shadow drop. Like, you know, like, the hero tonight! Right, right. That'd be cool. Yeah. As an aside, looking forward to Evo. Yes. It's gonna be a cool Evo this year. I I think this will be a cool Evo too. I'm really looking forward to doing a prediction episode for Evo. Yeah, it's like it's way too early to do one, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I'm looking forward to doing it. Yeah, like, same. Yeah, that'll be fun. Next news item: we had gotten a couple of interesting Fire Emblem details, right? Uh, that were clarified after we recorded our episode. Yeah. So that E3 trailer had like a time skip, right? Like yes. five years after all the school stuff. Nintendo came out and said that there is marriage in the game, like you'll be able to like to have character relationships and have uh, those characters marry. Right. But there will be no marriage until after the five year time skip. Yes. And Which is better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll talk about this like, and also um, that you cannot have. There won't be kids. There's no kids in this game. Right. No offspring. Um, we talked a f- like a while back mm-hmm. about three houses and how weird it would be if your player character Byleth, who is the teacher mm-hmm. of all these students at the school, could, you know, have uh, romantic relationships with his own students. Yes. Uh, how that would be weird from both a potential age gap perspective and also from just like an ethical like power balance perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, don't worry, guys. Problem solved. <laughs> Byleth isn't going to hook up with his students until after they get their diplomas. Right, yeah. Like, well, you, you got half of it, you know. <laughs> you solved half of it. <laughs> that's better than nothing, I guess. <laughs> it's, like, that's such a funny, like, quote-unquote fix to right. the problem to me, you know. Uh, actually, if you go to a Smashing Theory on Twitter, I made a <laughs> meme about it. Uh, that got 
that got a decent amount of retweets and likes. And he's thirsty for even more retweets, just like Byleth is thirsty <laughs> for, for his, his students. <laughs> <laughs> I am thirsty for more retweets. <sighs> uh, it's it's still, it's still relatively recent on the feed, if you want to give me that sweet, sweet validation. <laughs> <laughs> and retweet his Pokemon meme while you're at it. Uh, yeah, my Pokemon meme is pretty good. He's it's, got it's, he's got memes on there. It's, it's one of those Poke Fusion things that's that's gotten more popular again all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, there was like a meme that spread, uh, you know, uh, where it's like uh, the first Poke Fusion you get is your Cannon Starter Pokemon. Yeah, um, and uh, so now there's been a, a, a resurgence, but uh, but yeah, Daniel now uses a Smashing Theory as his meme machine <laughs> occasionally. Uh, yeah, yeah, but. There, there could always be more memes. Follow a smashing theory on Twitter, <laughs> and also you know for news about the podcast. Yeah, for news like, about the podcast, <laughs> normal if, shit. If you don't like dumb Fire Emblem memes, then we still talk about the podcast. Yes, and also do like some updates and stuff. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the topic at hand. Yes. Um, this, uh, this is not a perfect fix, but I'll, I'll be marginally more comfortable about the romantic relationships in the game than I was. Before I knew that they were doing this, yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I'll I'll take this. Yeah, you know, you're <laughs> you're doing better than Persona Five, right, so right. Uh, you know, you're doing better than I expected you to do, considering you're a game coming from Japan. And maybe there'll just be like a, a fellow teacher that I can pursue, you know, yes. instead. Yeah, yeah, just go for that. Also, apparently, there are some uh, gay character options. Okay, uh, and like you know, romance slash marriage possibilities. Hopefully there's a bit more variety than there was in Fates when, you know, if you were playing a uh, female protagonist as I was, you could date men or a creepy stalker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Yep. Um, apparently there's multiple for each gender now, so. That's good. Yeah. As an aside, um, I, you know, obviously I won't get too in-depth into the mechanics of the game because if you want that to be a surprise, that's fine. But I will say that because my initial thought was like, you know, I wish that instead of playing as a teacher, you could just join one of the three houses and be a student. Right. Um, the gameplay that I have seen has totally convinced me of the teacher thing. Like, cool. they do a lot of cool stuff with the way they've set things up in the game. And I'm really looking forward to three houses overall. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, too. And, and that game's coming out in like a month now. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's soon. Unfortunately, this this is going to be like the summer of me spending more money on video games than I wanted to. Right. Because like the uh, Final Fantasy fourteen expansion is coming out in like a week. Uh-huh. I pre-purchased that. And then I wanted to get really into Samurai Showdown and make that my new fighting game. And that's coming. Did that come out? It's coming out really soon. If it yeah. As uh, when this episode goes up, the game will be out. It's coming out Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and and if you buy that within like the first week, uh, you get all the DLC characters for free. Fuck. That's right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> And then on top of that, we got Fire Emblem coming out. Uh-huh. I feel like there was something else, too, that I'm just not thinking of. Uh, well, I'm excited about Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Oh, yeah. I, I am, too. Not uh, as excited, but right. still excited. Yeah. Cool. Uh, there's there's Astral Chain coming out in August. God. <laughs> Slow down, guys. Link's Awakening in September. Oh, man. Well, you can get that, and I'll watch you play it. Yeah. I, I I will get that. <laughs> oh God, I'm getting it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, 
even if you are solely like a Nintendo player, uh, this summer is kind of packed. Yeah. And if you're not solely a Nintendo character, then you're this... going to die. <laughs> this, this summer is really packed. Yeah. Like, on one hand, maybe like it's a good thing that Shenmue 3 got delayed past the summer, you know? Right. It's, it's coming on November now, which can't be a good month for Shenmue 3. No. But, you know, if this were like the Star Wars universe, then they've joined the uh, the Empire at this point, you know, <laughs> with their... <laughs> Uh, with them uh, becoming exclusive to the Epic Store, so uh, that's well, uh, they, they can release whenever they want. They did make a statement after they got back from E3 that they were looking into the best way to make amends to their backers at the very least. Well, that's good at least, and uh, and also like, you know, that game's still coming to consoles, and you don't have to buy it on PC. Right. Although I do feel bad for for PC players. That yeah, are excited about that game. That really sucks for them. Yeah, but yeah, that's the Fire Emblem news item. Last thing has definitely generated the most discussion online. Yeah, man. <laughs> and that is uh that is some details about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yes. So uh during a treehouse playthrough of Pokemon Sword and Shield, they talked a bit about the Pokemon home functionality for the game, and basically that you would be able to transfer any Pokemon from Pokemon Home which means any Pokemon you've transferred into Pokemon Home from previous Pokemon games yeah, to Pokemon Sword and Shield as long as that Pokemon is in the Galar Pokedex. Right. Uh, so for people that don't know the difference between the regional Pokedex and the national Pokedex, the regional Pokedex is Pokemon that you can natively find in a game. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can, like, for example, the Alolan Pokedex is any Pokemon you find in the Alola region. Right. Which makes up uh, about 403 Pokemon in, like, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Mm-hmm. That's the, uh, that's, 403 is the most Pokemon a regional Pokedex has had so far out of 809 Pokemon at the time. Okay. And the national Pokedex is is every Pokemon that's ever been made. Right. Uh, which is currently 800-something. I I feel like once Pokemon Sword and Shield comes out, that total number will, will either be approaching 900, or it will have passed 900 by a little bit. Okay. So basically, this uh, this announcement means that in, in Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, even with the ability to transfer Pokemon from past games, you only have access to about... Probably roughly half of all the Pokemon that exist right now. Okay. I, I, I'm guessing the regional Pokedex will probably be somewhere between 400 and 500 Pokemon total. Okay. And a lot of, a lot of people are really upset over this. You know, to, to an extent, I I get some frustrations. Like, sure. you know, there, there are people that have put their Chimchar from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl... <laughs> In every subsequent Pokemon game they've ever played. Yeah. And they might not get to do that for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, like, I don't know. I feel like between 400 and 500 is still a lot of Pokemon, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, and also, this isn't the first time that we haven't had access to a full Pokedex mm-hmm. in a Pokemon game. And, you know, I I feel like... National Pokedex access will happen eventually. Sure, you know, like a like, patch, yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. Like, so the director of the game did like did make like a statement in Japanese later or around the same time mm-hmm. that was like going forward. This is what we'd like to do. We'd right. like to we'd like to pick which selection of Pokemon make the most sense 
for each game in each region they're in going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of an implication that maybe the National Pokedex system is kind of sure. being phased out. And, uh, and and a lot of people are freaking out over this. Here's <laughs> here's my prediction. Okay. Either uh, Pokemon Big Sword and Bigger Shield, <laughs> or whatever it's going to be called, uh, will include a National Pokedex, and that was their plan all along. Right. Like, like the old switcheroo, like, uh, yeah, Captain America has always been an agent of Hydra, you know? <laughs> oh, wait, 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 never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually mean, like, uh, like you know, not not like, a, oh, this was our plan all along, wink, but, right, but rather right. than... Rather the opposite, they'll be like, thanks to your feedback, we've uh-huh. included the National Pokedex in the next game, sure. but they always internally were going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... Or, or they will listen to the feedback, and in a Pokemon Direct in late October or early November, mm-hmm. alongside some other Pokemon news, they'll say, after hearing all the feedback from fans that want access to their favorite Pokemon in Pokemon <laughs> Sword and Shield, we're proud to announce... That we will be adding a national Pokedex into a post-launch patch, right? That will launch sometime in 2020. Yeah, this patch will delay the release of the following Pokemon game, <laughs> and people will ex- will complain about that also. Sure, okay. Like, yeah, that's. I I think one of those two scenarios is going to unfold. Okay. Um, this this is a really funny situation to me because I I do I do I do get that frustration mm-hmm. to an extent, but also like. A, video games take a long time to make, sure. and, like, you know, like, programming 900-plus Pokemon into the game in a way that's balanced and doing it in a two-year development time, I I get why they've decided that's unfeasible. Sure. And B, like, it's so wild that this is the expectation, you know, <laughs> that, like, that we've we've just been conditioned to expect access to every Pokemon mm-hmm. uh, that's ever been made in every game that comes out, but also to get close to 100 new Pokemon in every game that comes out. Right. And for both of those things to be true until the end of time. Sure. Like, like I've said, this isn't the first time we haven't had access to all of them for a while. Like mm-hmm. like when Sun and Moon came out, it's like, uh, yeah, here's, here's Pokemon Bank. You will not be able to transfer National Pokedex Pokemon from Pokemon Bank to Pokemon Sun and Moon for, like, six months or something, sure. right? Like, they they initially uh, halted that access, but granted it later. And, and yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just so funny that, like, like, no other video game has to deal with this expectation, you know? Like, even, even other creature catching and battling <laughs> games, uh-huh. like Digimon, for example. Digimon has a rotation of different Digimon that are available in each game. Right. Like... There's a fucking Digimon made out of guns called Gundramon. <laughs> you cannot get Gundramon in every Digimon game that's come out since Gundramon's introduction. Right. You know, they they sort of pick and choose an assortment of two to three hundred Digimon to be in each Digimon game. Mm-hmm. And then that's fine. No mass boycotts. <laughs> Digimon players go, oh, my favorite Digimon isn't in here. Maybe next game. And <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I think part of the problem is that Pokemon marketing 
has set an expectation that you don't necessarily have in Digimon, right? Like the slogan has got to catch them all. The slogan was got to catch them all. Oh, it is sake. it is no longer the slogan. That's the slogan you think of when you think of Pokemon because it was the slogan for a long time. Yeah, it was it was the slogan for the first couple generations. Then they dropped it. Like <laughs> I feel like there's a really good analogy, but I don't have one off the top of my head right this second. It, it's <laughs> all I'm thinking of is the is the scene from Elf where like where it's like best cup of coffee in New York, <laughs> <laughs> and then like and then Elf goes in there. Uh, is his name fuck? Is Elf's name Elf? I don't know. Yeah, no, Will, it Will, can't be Elf. Yeah, I can't. Well, Will Ferrell Elf goes in there and he's like, "Wow, best cup of coffee in New York! Congratulations!" <laughs> right. But like, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's like if the best cup of coffee, if if the best cup of coffee in New York no longer became the best cup of coffee in New York, if they changed their slogan to third best cup of coffee in New York, <laughs> and you went in there and you sit and you went, "This isn't the number one best cup of coffee in New York," you know, like. It's like, yes, but we're no longer saying that's what it is. You know, I, so first of all, let me just, if I could just kind of set the stage here. I, sure. I myself, uh, I've never used the national decks and I don't care about it. Like when <laughs> I get a Pokemon game, each Pokemon game is kind of its own very personal journey for me where I want to catch my team in that game, raise them in that game and beat the elite four with Pokemon that I've caught in that game. Yeah. Like I'm not bringing over my Venusaur from blue or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I really, this is something that I don't care about at all uh, and for me. Right. Um, but I think that, uh, if if we if we could jump back to the coffee shop that we've been talking about, this imaginary coffee shop. Sure. This to me is less like them changing their name from best cup of coffee in New York to third best cup of coffee in New York, and more them saying like, uh, we have uh, decided that we will no longer aspire to be the best cup of coffee in New York. We're going to stop importing Laotian beans, uh, and uh, stop uh, milking goats on the top of Mount Everest. Uh, and the goal here ultimately is, you know, we're trying to provide a more wholesome coffee experience. Like we're going to get some more, we're going to get some better furniture, you know, for our uh, coffee shop. And then the furniture looks like it came from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> <laughs> those those are funny graphics memes, but this, I, good analogy, but they they didn't decide to stop importing Laotian coffee beans just now. They stopped importing Laotian coffee beans 10 years ago and nobody noticed. You know, like, I, it's it's weird that there's outrage now when there's there has A, been precedent for this them doing this before, mm -hmm. and B, like, you're still getting a game with, like, four or 500 Pokemon in it. Like, I, I saw a funny tweet, mm -hmm. uh... That was just like, hey, look, look at all these Pokemon you can catch. And someone's going like, where the fuck's Maractus? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Why can't I fucking catch Maractus? Um, I, I guess for me, the thing that kind of stood out, because, you know, this, uh, <laughs> the Pokemon controversy is uh, is a many faceted beast. It's like sure. an onion or an ogre in that it has layers. <laughs> uh, and um, what's kind of stood out to me, because, you know, when we were... Um, when we were doing our Pokemon prediction episode, yes, uh, we were making a lot of really wild predictions, uh, kind of 
working under the assumption that, you know, this game is coming out for the Switch. They have the hardware to do something really incredible. Sure. Um, and I think that, you know, even beyond the discussion about the national decks, mm. there's also just a lot of anger at the fact of, like, like it feels like this could have been more than it is. You know what I mean? I... Like, um, like, even besides kind of the... Uh, the graphical uh, fidelity, you know, memes that have been going around. Sure. Um, people have also been talking about, uh, you know, the fact that uh, the inclusion of Dynamaxing, you know, has also meant kind of the exclusion of Mega Forms. Right. And yes. Z moves. That's right. They did say that Mega Pokemon and Z moves will not be in this game. Right. Uh, Dynamaxing is just kind of a simplified version of Z moves. Mm -hmm. So, like, the fact that they both don't coexist in this game is not a huge deal. Yeah. But Mega Pokemon is is a very unique mechanic with a lot of unique Pokemon forms. Mm -hmm. um, so that is that is definitely more of of a loss. I and think. I actually was watching uh, they this past weekend uh, they did the um, <clears throat> the Pokemon po the World Pokemon, Championships. Yeah, yeah. They did like the Pokemon Grand Finals. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was watching that, uh, you know, uh, in my room um, in fits and starts while it was going on. Yeah. And every now and again, I would see a Pokemon, you know, turn into its mega form. And I would think like, oh, man, like, they're, <laughs> they're out of the franchise now. Yeah. You know? for, for now, at least. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I guess just uh, I think that the general consensus, at least, you know, from what I've been reading that the haters have been saying. Right. Is basically like we're sick and tired of giving game freak a pass just because they're game freak when it comes to stuff like this. Like it feels as though, you know, um, in the hands, uh, and I should say that I'm speaking for somebody else here. This is not necessarily how I feel. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people are, have this kind of sense that, uh, in the hands of a better staffed, better funded, uh, you know, uh, maybe kind of like more ambitious or more experienced team of developers, this game could have been something more, but instead it just kind of feels like another 3D Pokemon game. Hmm. There's there's definitely stuff I I feel from mm -hmm. that, you know? Like, I, I do think that Game Freak kind of does things at their own pace. Right. And being complacent about that, I, I think, isn't necessarily what should be what happens. Sure. I, I guess, to an extent. On the other hand, I think... Uh, and this is also something that I brought up during our Pokemon prediction episode. Mm -hmm. They finished work on Sun and Moon in 2016. Mm -hmm. And then in the two years following, they released other full-fledged Pokemon projects, right? Sure. They released Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which did iterate off of Sun and Moon. So maybe that wasn't as much of a taxing development job. But still. But yeah. I think people often underestimate how difficult programming and game development are. Yeah. You know, yes. uh, like fans who don't have any, any experience in that medium. That's the impression that I get. Yeah. And that's 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 one thing that kind of like, that's kind of been aggravating is seeing a lot of people being like, why don't you just put the National Pokedex in? <laughs> right. It's, it's easy. easy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> any programmer worth their salt will tell you that nothing about programming is truly easy. Exactly. And uh, my very brief dabblings in attempting to learn that that dark sorcery uh, <laughs> definitely confirms that. Yeah. Um, then they released uh, Pokemon Let's Go uh, last year, mm -hmm. which, you know, was, was a remake and a smaller scale project, but also an entirely new game. Yeah, they did still make that from scratch. Yeah. So, like... While parts of Game Freak, at the very least, 
had to make these two other games like they had maybe half a team working on sword and shield for that time period right and then their full team working on sword and shield for one year Mm -hmm. like one year you know like in fact less than one year right now because like it's been about eight months since let's go came out right right like so you expecting pokemon sword and shield to look like breath of the wild when like work started on this two years like two and a half years ago and they didn't even have their full team at the time Mm -hmm. like i i i don't know man if you're expecting the game to come out this year maybe you should give the dev team like a little leeway sure i i guess that's like kind of my general thought about it i get you um i mean do you think then that uh do you think that they can or should slow down you know i think maybe they like i don't think they're going to slow down and that's a little distressing yeah but i think that like I think I would rather have uh, a really astonishingly improved Pokemon experience once every four to five years. Yeah. Instead of it being an annual franchise with incremental improvements <laughs> each time. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, I, I would prefer that. But it feels like there's a lot of people out there that just want both. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a loss to tell them how impossible that is. <laughs> right, right. Also, I guess... I guess one thing that, like, worries me a bit is Pokemon Let's Go came out last year. Yeah. It was very financially successful. Yes. Pokemon Sword and Shield is coming out this year. Mm -hmm. In light of the Pokemon Home news, there are a lot of people threatening to boycott this game. Right. (laughs) If they boycott this game, if they all boycott this game, and they won't, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) whenever I see, like, so many people, like, angrily being like, I'm going to boycott this game... I just uh, remember when a bunch of people said they were gonna like. Uh, there's there's this great picture online of this uh, of this Call of Duty Black Ops Two boycott group on Steam, right? And then the day Black Ops Two came out, someone went to the group and saw like this player <laughs> is playing Black Ops Two, uh-huh. right? Like m- like nearly all of the boycott group was just playing the game they said they'd boycott. Yeah, gamers have got to be the most spineless consumers out there when it comes to boycotting things. Like if it is, you know. If it's good, they'll buy it. If it's bad, you know, maybe they'll still buy it. Uh, if the, you know, if there are concerns about a company's culture, they'll definitely buy it, and then they'll complain that you didn't buy it. <laughs> you know, obviously, there's many exceptions within the community, but it feels, yeah. it feels like there definitely are a not small amount of people in the community that just like that just angrily say shit online and then don't back up their words <laughs> with anything. Right? Yeah. Um. That all said, if, if there is, a, like, a successful enough boycott mm-hmm. that less copies of Sword and Shield are sold than copies of Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, what do you think Nintendo's reaction is going to be? Right. That? Do you think that they're going to be like, oh, we really messed up with the national decks. Here you go. <laughs> Here's Pokemon Turbo Sword and Bulbashield. <laughs> And it's got 5,000 Pokemon and the best fucking trees you've ever seen in your life. (laughs) Or do you think they'll go, hmm, you know, making the spinoff was a lot less work. Here's Pokemon Let's Go Espeon and Umbreon. And you get to do motion control catching (laughs) bullshit in Johto now. Like, if Pokemon Sword and Shield does under expectations, like, which seems more likely, you Mm -hmm. know? 
that's a really unfortunate situation for those people to be in, you know? Like, if you legitimately are upset about the changes that are happening in Sword and Shield, uh, you can either buy it and support those changes that you don't like, or not buy it and support (laughs) the game becoming, you know, Pokemon Go with Pokemon on the side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it, it is... It is kind of a rock and a hard place situation for those that have legitimate qualms with the way Sword and Shield yeah. is being handled. Like, I was a comic book fan in the mid two thousands, and let me tell you, if you wanted to buy a comic book that wasn't led by a white dude, you had to deal <laughs> with some bullshit, right? You know, yeah. like all like all the female led comics were like incredibly sexualized, uh-huh. and if like and if you didn't buy those female led comics, then DC just went oh. People don't like comics led by women <laughs> and right. then just release more dudes, you know, like, yeah. thank goodness, like Marvel kind of like broke the cycle there and gave us stuff like Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, so I guess like it, it is kind of frustrating because Game Freak is not the kind of company that breaks the cycle. Sure. So I do, I do honestly, genuinely do get the frustration there. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think like my frustration is seeing frustration come from kind of the wrong places and the wrong sources sometimes yeah i get people that. kind of really loudly complaining about the wrong elements of this uh-huh um but i do get the frustration same <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I don't know i on the whole like you know i'm i'm looking forward to sword and shield i am I'm too. excited about the overworld i'm excited about dynamax raid battles yeah uh there's a lot of stuff that i'm looking forward to about it but but yeah you know i i definitely i understand because of my own experience with Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, where I jumped back into the series and thought, like, man, there's going to be so many improvements, and it just wasn't where I thought it would be. Right. I get what people are going through now, you know? Yeah. Like, I totally get it. Uh, yeah, I I do I do think that's fair. But at the very least, like, I do think that four or 500 is still a lot of Pokemon. Oh, yeah. And at least the way I play Pokemon, I always, I always just exclusively play through with a team made of Pokemon that are new to that region. You right. Know? So sure. I guess like, I guess maybe kind of selfishly, like I will be unaffected by this Yeah. and I'm still looking forward to Pokemon sword and shield, but I guess I do. I do feel for people that, that have the same Bulbasaur that they put in every game and maybe <laughs> right. they won't get to. I, I, I feel like the Kanto starters have got to be in the Galar Pokedex though. Right. Poor Bulby just <laughs> stuck in the internet. Can't come to England. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Bulbasaur. <laughs> oh no, Bulbasaur, you're stuck in Hawaii. <laughs> oh, Bulbasaur, I just wanted to wish you a happy Christmas, mate. <laughs> and now you're in Blinken. Blink- oh, Blink- oh, Blinken's good. Yeah. That's a Mary Poppins shit. <laughs> Blinken Alola. <laughs> Please. Hermione. I was going to take you to potions class, Get Bulbasaur, Bulbasaur over here. <laughs> Hermione. With Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> Why won't Pokemon homework, Hermione? Just like, just like Bulbasaur in like a little bubble slowly floating across the Atlantic Ocean. Bulbasaur. <laughs> 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 Oi, Voldemort. Check out my Bulbasaur. <laughs> You fool, I care not for your Bulbasaur. Find me, Bulbasaur. No, no. <laughs> oh, get fucked, mate. <laughs> Happy Christmas. <laughs> so. <laughs> we are idiots, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, there's there's that whole discussion in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess, like, I guess to an extent, I guess there's no easy answer to all this that'll really satisfy everyone involved. Yeah. But I, I do think, I do predict that we will see a national Pokedex sooner or later. Okay. I think by the end of Gen 8, there will be a national Pokedex. I think that's a solid prediction. Yeah. So that is our post C3 news. Let's open some listener mail. All righty. First, I actually want to give a shout out to some listener mail from a couple episodes ago. Oh. From John W. Because All right. he, he made some E3 predictions and uh, he got some stuff right and I'm impressed. Hmm. Uh, this is the guy who said, I made a short list of my predictions, leaving out some expected stuff like Pokemon or Animal Crossing. I'm going wacky for this one. Right. His first was an Earthbound anniversary collection to coincide with the 30th anniversary, mm-hmm. which would have a pre-recorded message for, from Reggie before he retired that includes some weird skit. <laughs> Obviously, that did not happen. Sure. His second prediction was a double Smash reveal, with Airdrick being revealed after the Smash World Championship on Saturday, and Banjo being revealed either first or last in the direct. Wow, that's I'm just gonna give that one to him. Right, yeah. He said Airdrick would be shadow dropped and Banjo would be slated for later in the year. Okay. No new mode alongside Airdrick, apart from DLC spirits, but Banjo comes with home run contests. Now he got like <laughs> he got some general details wrong, obviously, mm-hmm. but like Broadly speaking, that's incredible. Yeah, broadly speaking, he nailed that. Like yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, he, we're we're getting Airdrick first, we're getting Banjo later. Airdrick got revealed, and then Banjo got revealed. Yeah. Like that, that was really good. And his third prediction was either Super Mario Odyssey 2 or a Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel teased wow. for a 2020 release. Wow. Ni- neither will be the center of the show. <laughs> and largely will be saved for a direct later this year and next year's E3. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, he said Odyssey would feature a Savannah Kingdom and a Spooky Boo Woods Kingdom, <laughs> and Zelda will feature a new open world inspired by Termina. Hmm. Um, and, you know, tonally, yeah. he got close there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think that actually in an interview they've said, like, we were inspired by Termina. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't catch that. And I I don't think that uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out in 2020. Right, um, yeah. It'd be cool if it did, but I, I kind of doubt that. Um, Maybe Holiday? Maybe. Like, yeah. There, if anywhere. Yeah, you know? there, there's a small maybe that'll come out at the end of 2020. Yeah. But I, I feel like maybe at this point 2021 is more likely. But we will start seeing some, sure. some of it in 2020. But yeah, like, <laughs> Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel was teased yeah and it wasn't the center of the show yeah yeah good job dude good job <laughs> yeah. man <laughs> good good uh good quick thinking john wick i'm glad you were able to get your revenge <laughs> on the people who wronged you yeah many props to john w you, you know we we did pretty good in our prediction episode i think we got okay. a lot of stuff right yeah yeah um but you since you <laughs> essentially got two-thirds of your shit right. right john that's some good yeah there's a level of specificity there that's very impressive yeah so props yes cool gabe on mm-hmm. twitter says you guys gonna predict which pokemon make it in the galar pokedex <laughs> uh, i think this is a fun one yeah uh, so my prediction is that the galar pokedex is gonna be big and that us coming up with 400 plus yeah pokemon is gonna be a little time consuming but I feel like predicting a few unconfirmed ones could be fun. 
Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I will say beforehand that uh, I did see in one of the trailers that a Go Lurk was walking around. Yeah. And that's all that I care about because the Go Let line is my favorite line in Pokemon. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I also... My favorite Pokemon in the whole Pokedex is Tropius. Mm. And I will say that I don't think Tropius will be in the Galar Pokedex. That's Yeah, that's that's fair. I think Tropius is really cool. I don't know how well they would fit into the environs of Galar. Exactly. Like, And also, Tropius was barely in the Alola Pokedex. <laughs> right. And, like, Tropius would be perfect. One of the things that is maybe the most mad in Pokemon <laughs> is that Tropius, right, a fucking palm tree Pokemon. Mm-hmm. That Pokemon exists, and then a game set in Hawaii, a place <laughs> filled with fucking palm trees, was released, and there was like such an ample opportunity to give Tropius some kind of support, like mm-hmm. an Alola form or anything. Sure. And instead, the Pokemon that gets an Alola form to make it look more like a palm tree <laughs> is Executor, right? And and Tropius doesn't like get anything new, really. I do like Alolan Executor a lot, and I think we could have had both, but we didn't, and that's sad. Yeah, I I also do like Alolan Executor a lot, and you know, and of course, Gen One was the only Gen to get Alolan forms. Yeah, so like Tropius was never even in the running, but, right? You know. But still, but still, anyway, I don't think Tropius will be in Galar. Uh, the thing that makes me the most mad about Pokemon is that Stunfisk doesn't have an evolution. What's <laughs> with that? It should have an evolution where it starts swimming on its side like a flounder. Hmm. It might look. It might end up looking kind of like a brown almamola or mm. whatever. Then it should have an evolution where I don't know something happens. But come on. <laughs> you know what's funny is that like I've I've said I think on the podcast I've said before that ground is one of my least favorite types, but I actually do like a lot of ground type Pokemon. <laughs> and I was thinking about it, and I think that like I might dislike ground type for a really stupid reason. Which is that if it was called Earth type, I'd be really into it. <laughs> but the fact that it's called ground type to me, I don't know. It'd be like if you called electric type battery type, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think that I might actually secretly like ground type and just have not known it this whole time. That's that's fair, and I I, <laughs> I do think that continuing to have ire over. Like a grandfather in bad localization from the nineties, uh, probably isn't the most productive. Use right, of exactly. Your time. Like I could redirect my anger at so many other things that are worth my anger but instead <laughs> yeah. of like oh, ground type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm letting go of my frustrations with ground type and oh, embracing it. I'm I'm proud of you. Thank you. That's growth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got EV trained. Um, I think that the Snubble line mm-hmm. is going to be in the Galar Pokedex. Okay. I think Waylord will be a Dynamax raid. <laughs> That's great. I think that the, uh, the Scraggy line will okay. be in Galar. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind, of, they kind of have kind of like a British punk vibe anyway. Sure. Those, those are the Pokemon that kind of like are pulling up their pants. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do all yours first or can I name something off? 
Um, n- yeah, name name something off. Um, I think that the age of slash line is going to be in. Oh yeah, um, duh. Yeah, because yeah. like you know, obviously England has this great tradition of knights and chivalry and things like that. Yeah, and, and also like, it's floating called, swords. It is called Pokemon Sword and Shield. <laughs> right, right. Really that, fu- that too. It'd be really funny if the Sword and Shield <laughs> Pokemon line right. was not present. Yeah. Um, I think that Lapras will be in there because, like, the Loch Ness monster, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. That's good. I think that every version of Pikachu will be present somehow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and also, I think that they. I think this is a maybe that every starter Pokemon that has ever existed will be present in the Galar Pokedex mm. somehow, so that that Pokemon home transfer is a bit less frustrating. Okay. Yeah um yeah i think that's good uh i had one and i just lost it there's there's a lot of them I guess yeah that's well fair. yeah they're right gotta lose them all <laughs> <laughs> oh right um i think eevee and the evolutions will be in because, oh yeah because you yeah. got to you oh know? yeah that, that's a fair aspect yeah. yeah fair af yeah okay yeah yeah that's, those are those are some po- pokemon we think will be in the galar pokedex there you go what's, what's one like Really fucking. Go- oh, I think the ice cream cones will be back. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, the ice cream cones are the first James Turner designs right. in a Pokemon game. Yeah, and James Turner is now the art director. I was gonna say, yeah, he was in the trailer. Like, yes, hello, we got the ice cream. That's not uh, what he Christmas. sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Hermione, <laughs> quick, use. Wingardium Leviosa on this ice cream. <laughs> Turn it into a Pokemon. That's not how it works. Shut up. <laughs> hey. Don't talk to Miney that way. <laughs> well, who are you? I'm Ron Weasley. <laughs> and I won't be wishing you a happy Christmas, mate. Oh, uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we are dumb. <laughs> yes, we really are. Uh... Yeah, hope hope that suffices, cool game. Yes, we did our best. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Ron. (laughs) Right, yeah. Alright, here is an email from Anthony S. Okay. Hi guys, I'm late for E3 reactions, so maybe this will get featured in a later episode. (laughs) Well, (laughs) surprise! I am thrilled to have Banjo-Kazooie in Smash finally. Woo! But as I watched the trailer for a second time, I noticed... There was zero mention of Microsoft. Only Rare was mentioned. Hmm. This leads me to believe that Banjo is not a Microsoft rep. And we may still live in a cursed time where Steve <laughs> in Smash is possible. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I can't help but thinking of that meme like Minecraft Steve in Smash isn't really can't hurt you. Minecraft <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Minecraft Steve. <laughs> Just like looming over. <laughs> Anthony S also says, uh, also, do you guys think the remaining two spots are 100% third-party characters? Because hmm. if that's the case, we literally live in a world where Heihachi and Steve are uh, possible as the, stop. <laughs> as the remaining two Anthony. spots. May God help us all. <laughs> thanks, Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, thanks, Anthony. Um, So, so yeah, a couple thoughts. Yeah, I think Steve, I think uh Minecrafter uh still is possible as a slot. Yeah. Like it's I worth get that. like it is worth noting that uh that so far every third party company 
besides Microsoft now, mm-hmm. that has contributed characters to Smash Bros. Yeah. Has at least two representatives. Right. Uh, like Sega has Sonic and Bayonetta and Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Square Enix has Cloud and the Hero now. Right. Uh, Konami has Simon and Richter. That's kind of a loose one. But, but still. But, but there it still exists. Capcom has... Mega Man and Ryu and Ken. The only exceptions right now are actually Namco Bandai, who only has Pac-Man. Yeah. And Microsoft now, <laughs> uh, who only has Banjo-Kazooie. Right. And I guess if you want to argue, like, that Echoes don't count, then Konami sure. also just has uh, Simon right now. But they also have a fucking Bomberman assist trophy and other kind of yeah. Konami representation. So... Uh, with that in mind, yeah, I, I think maybe Minecraft should not be counted out, especially because, like, before it was kind of a situation where Minecrafter would sell a lot of copies of Smash, mm-hmm. but releasing Minecrafter instead of Banjo Kazooie would make a lot of people angry. Right now, Banjo Kazooie is coming. Microsoft so, can have their cake and eat it too. They can have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, <laughs> and it's block shaped. <laughs> And you made it in a menu by combining wheat and sugar. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's how you actually make cake in Minecraft. I don't oh. remember. Oh well, I I was gonna take your word for it. <laughs> that that sounded about right to me. Well, you know, I didn't want it to become a five bullet point correction where it's like, here is the actual recipe for making cake in Minecraft. <laughs> oh, first you slaughter a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're wrong. <laughs> It's still going to be a correction. God. <laughs> Quick, somebody send us a listener mail with the recipe of how to make cake in Minecraft. <laughs> can't, is is cake like definitely something you can make in Minecraft? I am almost certain that it is. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm, I'm really interested to find out what the cake recipe for Minecraft is. <laughs> I can't believe this has become a thing now. <laughs> anyway, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> your point about Heihachi uh, is something that I actually uh, I'm surprised that we didn't bring up last episode when we were revisiting our list because mm-hmm. there was one glaring exception in like that we haven't included in our kind of our reserve predictions sure. and that is Tekken yeah as as we know I have I have held to a Heihachi prediction for an extended period of time i eventually dropped it right yeah you did indeed uh carry the heihachi torch it had three weirdly shaped flames <laughs> <laughs> and uh i think a tekken rep is still like definitely in the window of likelihood sure i don't think it would be heihachi anymore one mm. of the big reasons for that is that heihachi's voice actor died right uh kind of recently around the time that they were negotiating uh dlc characters mm-hmm um, and Japan just has a thing where, in most cases, they do not like to recast voice actors when they pass. Right. Uh, you know, until, like, a respectable amount of time has, has gone by. Sure. But uh, I think Tekken still makes a lot of sense. So I think Jin or Kazuya. Okay. <laughs> okay. Kazuya, yeah? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think either Jin or Kazuya would make... A lot of sense as a rep, or possibly even Nina Williams, if they really want, um, right, like a, like a female rep in there, or possibly Kuma. 
<laughs> it's not going to be Kuba. No, it's not going to be Kuba. But I want it to be. Yeah, as, as sad as that is, it's not going to be Kuma. <laughs> but I think Jin both has a lot of, like, Jin is a very recognizable Tekken character, and he also has a lot more movement potential than Heihachi. Sure. Because he has that devil Jin form, he has electric properties on some of his attacks. Mm-hmm. I think you can kind of represent Tekken and have a unique moveset through Jin if that's what you wanted to do. Okay. I wouldn't be thrilled with Jin, but I'd like it better than Hayashi. Yeah. So I think there's there's still a decent shot of Jin. I'm I'm waffling on whether or not I should swap out Agumon for Jin <laughs> in my predictions. But yeah, good thoughts, Anthony. Definitely food for thought. And I might rearrange my predictions yet again. All right. By the next episode. We'll see. And if he does, it'll be your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony. So good job. James M. Sent us some stuff. All right, let's hear it. James Jem says, Hey guys, although E3 is still going on, I have to assume that most of the Nintendo announcements have been made. I was wrong about a lot. No Layton or Pikmin showed up, no DLC for Mario Maker. Animal Crossing being delayed didn't seem to bother the internet as much as it could have. (laughs) We may have to wait a few months to see if microtransactions are going to be a problem. (laughs) I was correct about two Smash characters being announced. Hero and Banjo-Kazooie. You may have seen me predict Birdo, but you didn't let me finish. My full (laughs) prediction was Bird on Bear, which we got in Banjo-Kazooie. Of course. (laughs) How could we have been so stupid? (laughs) I thought the E3 Nintendo Direct was great. For me, the best announcements and showings were, one, the Mana Trilogy, two, Banjo-Kazooie, Three, the Breath of the Wild tease. Four, Marvel Ultimate Alliance footage. And five, the Dungeon Maker in Link's Awakening. Yeah. Even with an Animal Crossing delay, I'm sure I will have plenty of video gaming through 2019. James M. Yeah, I think those are some good reactions. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, this actually reminds me, uh, this is a good thing to bring up. I think one of the reasons that a lot of people aren't bothered by the delay is because of the really uh, the really smart and good way in which they announced hmm. the reasoning for the delay. Right. Uh, which is that we, Nintendo, are the one company in video game industry right now that does not want to do crunch to get a game <laughs> out on time. Right, yeah. Yeah, like, they were like, yeah, we wanted to avoid crunch, so we're giving the developers extra time to make the game. Yeah. And I, I think... Like, I think, first of all, this is a great answer. Yes. Uh, second of all, I think it's half true. <laughs> uh, I think maybe what might be close to the actual truth about this is that 2019 is fucking full of Nintendo games. <laughs> we did not need to put out Animal Crossing this year. Sure. We're going to put it in March 2020 and get more profit at the end of the fiscal year that way. Mm-hmm. However, uh, that does still mean that the development team gets more time to finish Animal Crossing. Yes. New Horizons. I think even if that was only part of the reason, not the full reason, it's still great that it was a factor. Yes, agreed. Know? Yeah. And they're even saying that, like, they're not committing to a release date for Luigi's Mansion 3 yet because they don't know how much time Next Level Games needs to finish it. Right. So they're going to wait to see what a comfortable time frame for that is. Sure. I, I think even if this is kind of a uh, a PR card they're playing right now, even if even if they're their values 
aren't as strong in this field as they're suggesting right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that they're calling out other companies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that they're implicitly being like, oh, we care about crunch. <laughs> Anything we- that we can do to contribute to the end of crunch culture is a positive. You yeah, know? It's, exactly. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, got it. Like, it's just been like an open, not so secret in the games industry for years and nobody's done anything. Yeah, exactly. There's so many companies like, like CD Projekt Red, who at one point was directly confronted about it, and their response was, well, we might work our employees really hard, but that's just because we want to give you a great video game. Right, you and know, then Rockstar did the exact same thing. Yeah, and and now you have like Nintendo over here. It's like, hey, we can do both. We can give mm-hmm. you a great video game, and we can not run our employees ragged doing it. <laughs> right. And, uh, and, you know, that means... Companies like NetherRealm and mm-hmm. Rockstar and CD Projekt Red now have a little egg on their face to clean up, and I hope that they take that seriously. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So many games come out every year. I have so many games to play that I like own but have barely played. Yeah. Like, we don't need games to come out at this frantic pace that they've been coming out. Yeah. If it means that we're sacrificing the health and well-being of the people who make them. Yeah. I Man, I agree with that completely. Like... <laughs> I've I've got such a pile of games that I've bought and like not even touched yet because so many are coming out so right. rapidly. So like yeah, you can let let your developers breathe, guys. Yeah. They they've they've earned it. They make cool stuff. Um and breathing is healthy. Hamania, <laughs> I just learned something in this health book. <laughs> breathing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Ron. Oh, thanks. thanks Happy Christmas. <laughs> but yeah, cool reaction, James. Good job calling Bird on Bear. Yes, that, that was that was a stellar. Prediction. We knew all along that you were going to get it, <laughs> Mister Goobermania on Twitter. Yeah, says with the reveal of Banjo Kazooie in Smash. If Nintendo slash Rare were to bring him to his own game on Switch, <laughs> would you want his game to be a remake of the first two or a new possible third game? Mm. Uh, I can tell you that um, I would want it to be a new possible third game, assuming mm. this happened at all, of course. Right. And the reason for that is that we got Ukulele, and all the reviews of that were like, this is a great kind of, you know facsimile of the classic banjo experience but games have progressed since then and we Uh want more you know like i think that as opposed to kind of like going back and rehashing the original banjo experience i think it'd be a better idea to take lessons learned and kind of make a new game that leans heavily on banjo nostalgia but plays better here's here's something okay a new band like a brand new banjo kazooie game Uh uh-huh developed because rare studios is busy mm-hmm. right rare is busy making their own their own stuff oh i know so where they, you're going they give the copyright uh over to nintendo and banjo kazooie for the switch is developed by retro Studios. god that would be great and released simultaneously for the nintendo switch and the xbox one that would be great yeah holy shit yeah. You're a genius. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, they they would do such a good job. Yeah, I they they really would. Like I I was trying to think of like what what company could I possibly trust <laughs> 
to make a contemporary take on the Banjo Kazooie formula. Right. And it's retro. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it's Retro Studios. Like, you know, Retro Studios is also busy. They're working on Metroid Prime 4, but if they were to do that, that would be insane. Like, yeah. like Nintendo and Microsoft like shaking hands and being like, okay. Uh, like, Microsoft being like, okay, Nintendo, we'll let one of your studios make a new Banjo Kazooie game if we can also get it on the Xbox. Right. Right. Like, I feel like that'd be a, an incredible deal. Conversely, uh, if it were an Xbox studio or affiliate designing the game and it was releasing simultaneously on the one and the Switch, which studio would you pick? Which studio would I pick? Maybe Ninja Theory. Uh-huh. That's th- a good one. I think, I honestly think their Banjo-Kazooie game might be kind of clunky and weird, <laughs> but I think it could have some cool ideas within it. Okay. Um, I was thinking also maybe the Cuphead developer. Oh, but, yeah. But honestly, I only trust them to make the kind of game <laughs> that Cuphead is. Yeah, that's I, fair. I think if you ask that specific dev team to branch out into like a 3D game, right. I, I don't think they'd do a very good job. Okay. Uh, or I, I just have a hunch that that'd be harder for them than Cuphead. Yeah. Well, what about you? This is a weird one, and... This is not a studio that is, like, owned by Microsoft, but they have a working relationship. Okay. Yeah, Iron, that's allowed. Iron Galaxy. Oh. Ooh, you, know, you know what? They've, yeah. they've shown that they've got the chops to take a franchise and do a really great and authentic, you know, interpretation of it. Yeah. Um, and we've really mostly seen them do fighting game stuff and ports. Yeah. But I think that they are ready for and capable of a project like that. You know what? I think Iron Galaxy is a great pick, and they have done like some 3D like action game style stuff. Mm-hmm. They made this game called Extinction, which honestly, which did end up getting like kind of middling, like sure, like mixed reviews. But I, I think like with with Microsoft and Nintendo, kind of like <laughs> kind of supporting them and also kind of breathing down their necks a yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, kind of like how Microsoft was kind of overseeing a lot of their killer instinct stuff Mm -hmm. i think they have the potential to make something really cool and i might prefer them to my ninja theory pick okay so yeah good good pick good pick sean thank you and good question mr goobermania thanks for sending that in yeah appreciate it finally here's some mail from Vinny g all right Vinny g Vinny g says hey guys let's take a look at dlc (laughs) i'm gonna get the good news out of the way first the Spring 2020 DLC will be Porky, and he will be announced following a trailer for the fabled Mother Suite. We can all agree that this is happening, and we can take a moment to be happy that we'll all be able to play Mother Earthbound and Mother 3 very soon. Okay, now for the bad news. We're about to eat our words for when we were complaining about Minecraft Steve making it onto the roster. We'll eat our words like a giant tomato. Because the Winter 2020 DLC will be Fortnite Tomato Head Person. <laughs> Fortnite. It's gonna be Fortnite. Uh. Maybe you guys know more about this than I do. All I really know is that the group of fourth graders I taught were obsessed with it and got very upset when I told them <laughs> they had to turn off the game to work on their homework. Winter DLC is Fortnite, and I'm sorry. Uh and uh, it'll be exclusive to the Epic Store. You have to buy it on there, then you get a code, you put it in your Switch. <laughs> you, you get Tomato Head Man. Regardless, I think there'll be one final free DLC before Ultimate is over. A wacky character, someone like 
Mini Kangaroo, <laughs> a blast from the past that no one wants, but would be endlessly fun. Like Piranha Plant, but with fur. All right, that's it for me for now. I don't anticipate any of these coming true, but that's all part of the fun. <laughs> Thanks, Vinny G. <laughs> Thanks, Vinny. Vinny, you're... Your takes are always really creative, and I always love reading them. Same. Uh, he he always sends me like really cool, really long, detailed emails, and I always have to kind of pick what to include in this portion. <laughs> right. Um, but like the but, whole the whole thing's a treat. But yeah, the whole thing is a treat, and I always love reading them. And he's just yeah, Vinny's a super creative dude and really funny. And yes. uh, and yeah, I I always enjoy everything you send so thank you Vinny. thank you Vinny. and i always enjoy everything sent by all of our listener mail people yeah thank you all for sending in stuff for this uh kind of slow news week of an episode mm-hmm. um if you want to send us mail for other things i guess i'll talk about that in a second we do next on sure but uh but yes thanks everybody thank you if you want to know where else you can listen to me and sean a Smashing Theory is part of the Beep Boop group. That's a Patreon that the two of us run at patreon.com slash beep boop group. And we do all sorts of stuff on there from a Patreon exclusive podcast mm-hmm. that we air every month to uh, deleted scenes and bonus content to exclusive Discord access where you can hang out with us and sometimes we'll play games together and uh, and a special thanks tier. Uh, also sponsoring if you really feel like giving us a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, you can announce cool things like your wedding or the fact that you had a bowl of chili for lunch. <laughs> we'll put the, it in a sponsor slot. What ends up being the most expensive bowl of chili you've ever eaten <laughs> right. and gotten someone to talk about. <laughs> uh, uh, this stuff starts with the exclusive podcast at one dollar a month yeah so if you feel like uh if you feel like supporting us if you think that that our bullshit is worth sending us a little money <laughs> every month and then, then uh please check out patreon.com slash beep boop group yeah uh we work very hard on it and it's um it's it's a lot of fun to to see the people that that uh that join up and contribute and stuff for sure next time on a smashing theory it's another Patreon vote. Ooh, what are you patrons gonna pick? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the that's the worst way you've said something. I think that I've ever. What heard. are you patrons gonna pick? <laughs> there, it's a little bit better. Is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are going to uh, leave the topic of the next episode up to a vote from our patrons. Uh, at the $2 level, uh, you get access to polls. So this poll will be what we do next. We have some ideas for what our next episode is going to be about. Mm-hmm. Um, we could predict the video game stuff that's going to happen at San Diego Comic-Con. True. Uh, we could do something that I like to call Other Ways to Smash, <laughs> <laughs> which is us talking about maybe some other... While we're waiting for the DLC... Maybe we can talk about some other Smash-style video game experiences that are worth playing. Sure. Stuff like Rivals of Ether and Indie Pogo and all that. All right. Um, also, uh, maybe Sean and I will just talk about other video games that we're playing right now. Do you kind of uh, play this callback because that <laughs> podcast is on hiatus right now? Yeah, why not? Uh, which of those we do is up to you. 
and uh, and the poll will be up around the time this episode goes up. Yeah. So if that sounds fun to you, feel free to support us and participate. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to whichever one of those we end up doing. You can vote in that poll for less money than I spent on public transit today over the course of a month. <laughs> so if you want to do it, go for it. Wait, today or over the course of a month? No, like I, I spent $4.50 oh. getting around Chicago today. Oh, I see. Uh, and you, you will spend, spend less money in a month. Exactly. Okay, okay, yes. That was the least confusing comparison that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. So I went with it. Yeah, clearly. There is no better way to word that at all. Anyway, look forward to our future episodes on Super Smash Brothers and video game predictions. Yes, and not about public transit in Chicago. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you in a couple weeks. See you later. And in the meantime, I hope that you have a smashing time. <laughs> I... I appreciate that I get to see you do this because, like, <laughs> the, like on your face it just looks like the man that does that voice woke up <laughs> <laughs> to deliver yeah. that line. Yeah, yeah, it's very like what? Smashing time! You're smashing time! All right, bye. Bye. Special thanks. Special thanks. Special thanks to Lonald. Thanks, Lonald. Lonald, I've never seen you play a Smash Bros. game, but it's, it's fine. I'm sure you've played Smash once right. in your life. Yeah. And if you haven't, you should come over. Yeah. You yeah. play some Smash. Yeah, man. Special thanks to Nymph. Thank you, Nymph. Nymph, how did you like E3? I hope you liked E3 okay. We didn't really talk about it when we saw you for a weekend. Well, we had a lot going on. You yeah, know? we did. New to Chicago, gotta yeah. go do stuff. We did talk some E3 stuff, actually. Okay. Nymph, Nymph is excited about uh, about Animal Crossing, despite the delay. I mostly talked to him about Monster Hunter. Yeah. Because that's what I do. It is. Um, <laughs> special thanks to my girlfriend, Amy Lee. Yeah, thank you, Amy Lee, for always accommodating our recording schedule by by hanging out not in here yeah our past couple recording sessions in particular uh have been twice as long as what you're hearing because i've had to edit out like literally an hour of planes going by yeah we don't know what's going on but this is worse than any other time period in which we've recorded podcasts it's so bad and amy has been locked in our bedroom the entire time that like that that's been happening so thank you, Amy Lee, for hanging in there. And yes. I love you very much. And by our bedroom, I mean mine and Amy Lee's and not mine and Sean's. Right. Sean and I do not share a bedroom. Yeah. Thank I, you, Amy Lee. I have my own bedroom. <laughs> if I had to sleep in the same bed as Daniel, it would drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you can't handle being the little spoon. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be the little spoon. I'm too big. <laughs> Finally, special thanks to Leo. No. <laughs> it's, it's not even a lion anymore. <laughs> like next time you'll be like, special thanks to Leo, and I'll be like, bah! <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go through the whole animal kingdom. <laughs>
But yes, Leo, thank you for continuing to patronize us, even though I roar like a lion every time we say your name. Yeah, thanks, Leo. <laughs> That's you're you're a fucking you're you're a cadet of of high caliber. I don't know what <laughs> what that sentence just was. You're great. You're you're part of the great cadets. Choo choo, get on the cadet train and. <laughs> <laughs> give us your money saddle up soldier <laughs> it's time to ride all the way to the patreon express where for the cost of some money i'll make animal noises <laughs> Boo. man thank you so much for dealing with this shit yes thank you if you other listener want to be a special thanks to your patron you can go to patreon.com slash beep boop group and uh, give us $20 a month, and we will especially thank you at the end of every podcast that we do. Yeah. And as you can see, it's it's really, it's a fantastic value. It's well worth your money. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so do that. This special thanks to all of our patrons. Yes. And uh, we will see you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>